What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Register Report. It's Monday, May 16th, and it's the business end of the season, Joey. We are here. We are back. We are ready to talk about all the juice and drama from this weekend. It was FA Cup weekend. Champions League is almost wrapped up. Top prize in the Premier League is at stake. Oh my God, I need to lay down from all this drama, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps getting better and better, brother. Better and better. Man City dropping points today. Liverpool uh, winning the FA Cup, man. I'm point for the quadruple. Uh, so, dude, just so much juice, man. So much to discuss. Uh, first off, Joey, how are you? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I'm doing amazing, man. How are you? I know you I know you sound, sound a little nasally, but uh, I know you're feeling amazing. Yes, yes. If you hear that, it's uh, allergies. It's the man allergies. Sorry, everybody. It's <laughs> it's a little bit worse than regular allergies, as uh, you guys would know. <laughs> but we're going to roll through it. I got my honey and my tea here, and uh, hopefully I survive this whole pod. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, so we got to talk... We got to talk a lot, Joe. <laughs> we got a lot. Yeah, we do. Lots to dig in. Of course, there's Man U drama, uh, Meme United, as, as some would maybe call them. It's it's been a it's been a terrible season. I, I might say that, Joey. <laughs> Flat yeah. Out. Hilarious season. So we got to wrap that up too. Sure. Uh, it's finally coming to an end, and then hopefully we can play a little free agent game that I like to play. With uh, usually around this time of the season is when the free agent talk starts to come up and the transfer is already coming in. Erling Holland going yeah. to Man City, Pfft, uh, Rudiger going to Real Madrid. Where's Diabala gonna go? Where's Pogba gonna go? You know, all these names. These uh, where's Mbappe gonna be? You know, so all these big names are are up for grabs, man. At the end of the season, and me and Joe maybe we'll play a little free agent talk. So we'll we'll see if we can play that game. And of course, Champions League, dude. Mm. Champions League is around the corner, the end of May. Can't miss it. We're going to be in Baltimore with our boy, Joey. Uh, maybe live streaming. Who knows? I don't Let's know. Go. Maybe running down the streets of Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is encouraged here. But ass naked. And uh, and yeah, man, I can't wait for that. Joey, congratulations, by the way, getting yeah. to the final and also securing La Liga with Mar Madrid. Oh man, incredible, incredible run it has been. I mean, the way, the fashion, everything that we did it, uh, the way we were winning these games was just incredible, man. Mm. It's just, uh, you know, it's just down to belief and, um, you know, the fans and Ancelotti has a big role, the substitutions, the young players coming through. But I mean, I can't say one thing. I don't think anyone anticipated Real Madrid. And you can hear the pundits like Jamie Carragher say, oh, yes. Real Madrid, they're not going to win the Champions League. But uh, there's something special in the air, Ben. Um, mm. Something very special in the air. So we'll see. We'll see when it comes down. But I can say this. Uh, Benzema in Paris, in France, bro. Whew, that's going to be mm. a problem. Mm. That's going to be a problem, bro. And um, Mo Salah wants his revenge. Oh, I have to say this about Mo Salah too, Ben. I don't know if you noticed this, but ever since he's lost the African Cup of Nations, Uh-oh. and ever since they haven't qualified for the World <laughs> Cup, it just seems like he's been a little bit off, maybe a little bit out of form. Oh yeah, uh, it could also be with these injuries um, that he continuously picks up. He might be playing injured, but I just haven't seen the mm. same same Salah. So you know, he might bring it a hundred percent 
in the mm. final. But uh, I just I kind of feel sad for him, a little bit disappointed for him because he's such a gifted player. Um, it's just not working out for him right now, coming off in the FA Cup injured. So he's going to be obviously one of the most dangerous players if he's fit enough to play. But um, yeah, he's just been, you know, I, Mane's kind of the opposite. Mane's kind of stepped up and scored a lot more goals, where Salah's been a little bit more quiet. So I just want to throw that out there, Liverpool fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. More to come to that. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. I Man. do I do want to get into, in case you missed it, it's a staple yes. of our show. We're going to throw it back a little bit too. Uh, Joey, you got something for us, and then I got you something. Hit it to Hell me. Yeah, Give me yeah absolutely. So this, this clip is um, kind of an insight to Steven Gerrard when he first took over Aston Villa. Mm. Just the present from him uh, has been huge since he's took over the club, and he has an opportunity uh, to play Manchester City in the last game of the season, potentially if, he, if he's able to get points off City, secure the title for Liverpool. So, I mean, th- we, 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 it's like a poetic storyline for him. So I think it's really relevant um, to kind of talk about um, the presence and the job that he's doing at Aston Villa. Uh, which can't be understated. So this is just a cool, cool clip. Um, you're going to see um, Mr. Martinez here, the goalkeeper, uh, talk about his uh, first impressions of Gerard and and kind of like his take on things. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play that clip now. So talk to me about Stevie G. What's oh, he been like since he came in? It's just you know, and he reminds me a little bit. You know, um, you know when Arsenal Benga used to come through the building, it's like ooh, a bit of an aura. Yeah, just the presence, you really? know. I don't know how to explain. When Stevie G comes into the meeting and shakes his hands, like, he's, he's a legend in the game, yeah. you know? And actually, the players respect that. Has he ever gave you a kind of any instructions of how he wants you to play? Any individual sort of, like, I need you to do more of this, I need you to do more of that? He does, actually. He does. He said to me, I kept three clinches in a row for Argentina. He signed for Villa, so obviously I was in the international. I arrived there on a Friday. He said, oh, a big man, Emmy. I said, oh, Stephen G, you know, the first time I met him. So, well, well done. And he would, I knew a clean sheet from you tomorrow. I need a clean sheet. It was Brighton at home. So we won 2 nil. yeah? I said, keep asking for them. Yeah, you know? that's and, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's, um, I think as a player, you know, any time that you have someone that you know has a, a, an incredible reputation in, in the game, it does make you play and react a, a certain way. Whereas, you know, you can have like a very talented manager, maybe that has a big name outside of football. So basically what I'm trying to say is if you have a guy like Zidane and Jared, it gives you that same type of mentality or same type of presence where it's like, wow, that's a huge leader. And it, and it has a, it has an effect on you as a player. Um, whereas like, you know, if it's a Rafa Benitez, it might be a little bit different. Um, so it's just a huge lift that he's given Aston Villa, and I think he's done an incredible job there with the pieces that he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, and just his future is really, really bright, man. Um, so just incredible, incredible talent um, that Jared is in the in the managing aspect. Dude, can you imagine if Steven Gerrard can pull it off against Man City? I mean, first Liverpool has to beat uh, Southampton. I think it's on Thursday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. To so right now it's a four point gap. Man City won today. Oh, sorry, they tied. They dropped points against West Ham that came back from behind. Could have won it. <laughs> yeah, or could have lost it, honestly. Uh, yeah, it was such a freaking yeah. crazy game. Uh, with Mara's missing the pen, that that um, that was insane. So they dropped points, and uh, so now it's still a four-point gap. So Liverpool has to win to keep it a one-point gap into the last day where Man City... Um, Man City, dude, if, they, if Gerrard could do it against... Against to do it for uh, for for Liverpool, can you imagine the scenes, man? No, that would just be insane. I mean, like I said, it would be poetic almost, man. What just, a script! 
Yeah, it would be incredible, bro. I mean, you, <clears throat> him and Klopp, you know, they'd say they're working together, but <laughs> that's insane. Insane. Uh, the other thing I want to mention too, Ben, uh, yeah. what do you think about the, the Sergio Aguero statue for Man City? Yo, <laughs> Tony Cruz, man. Are you sure? Are you sure? Oh my goodness! That, that uh, why are they? Why are these statues, man? Who who making these statues? These guys need to get fired, or dude, it must be a, <laughs> get a second opinion here. Yeah, man, it must be actually really difficult to make a statue because no, they no, don't sure. they don't go as the planned <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! Uh, so yeah, man, I I want to share with you with a little throwback with the Arsene Wenger quote. So you've seen how you mentioned about elite managers and their personas and their auras. Uh, Arsene Wenger, man, he he really knew it all. <laughs> He's such a guy yes. that I respect so much in the game. Everything that he had to say, and uh, it didn't turn out like too well for him at the end, you know. But uh, as history will tell you, but uh, listen to what he had to say about where he thought about the Champions League qualification and what his thoughts are on top four hopes versus winning trophies. Yeah. I, thought, I thought this is pretty interesting. You now have Liverpool today, Everton on Wednesday. Two wins and you secure that second place that you want. That will be uh, our target, of course. It, uh, I must say it's even a bigger target than, the, than uh, the FA Cup final. Because that is a guaranteed place in the Champions League. It's not a qualifying game in the Champions League. And this game on Sunday will be highly important for us. So you would rather finish second and lose the Cup final than win the Cup final and finish third? Let's say I would rather achieve my first target first and then the second target and the first target is to get in the champions league so i mean the media ran with that story right and then the and then it kind of turned on him because the 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 fans the arsenal fans where they were frustrated with that you know they they pulled out banners that you know arsenal fourth place is not a trophy arsenal is is not um is not that's not the way i just thought that was super interesting and i mean well, and your take, Joe, what would you take? I mean, would you take fourth place or would you take an FA Cup trophy? I'm going to say that he didn't mean that literally. Um, I'm going to say that it kind of gave him an out in case he lost the cup final. You know, just to say, hey, if we do end up losing it, my my objective for this season was to at least get second place, um, which you can say is a huge accomplishment in the Premier League. But ultimately, if you're in a cup final, it's not OK to lose it. Um, not at this level, not at any level, really. Um, so I think he was maybe giving himself an out. Um, I think maybe he would have rephrased that maybe earlier in his career. But I think he's I think it got to the point in his career where there was so much expectations and they just continuously were building on top uh, of Arsenal, which ultimately forced him out. So I think he was kind of giving himself an out there. But um, no, I think I think any chance you, you can win a trophy, um, you have to win the final. It's not OK to lose a final. And then you should be doing both if you're a club like Arsenal. You need to be finishing in the top four yeah. uh, and winning the final. So, again, I think he was giving himself an out there. I don't think he meant that literally. I think he would have rephrased that differently uh, earlier in his career. It was just kind of towards the end with all the pressure that he was going through. That's That's kind of my take on it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think uh now more than ever where fourth place is such a such a balance where we are. I think let's let's go into what happened this this uh this past week which was huge for both Spurs and Arsenal who are fighting for that that coveted fourth place. Dude, it's 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 um you know, it it changes career paths, man. And uh, and it changes the, yeah. the financial structure of the club like who can they bring in? Who can they allure? It's that that Champions League allure. That you have to, uh, that you can get players into your club. You know, they they yeah, it's huge. they want that, and uh, and and it's 
it's such a difficult place for for both these teams. Like, look at Kane, man. Kane is his his Man City dream is probably over now that Erling Holland is there with them. So, like, dude, this, oh, yeah. his his career is like on the brink. It's at a turning point. Like, he needs Champions League so much, and uh, and looking for this yeah. young Arsenal team that you know they they need fourth place. They need that Champions League qualification because, like, if they if they get this close and they don't get it. Like that might hurt them in, in the long run if they don't get it the next year because like you've seen a continuous path of Arsenal players like rising to an occasion and then they just get lo- loaded off. You know, they go to Barcelona, they go to Man City. Yep. You don't want that. You don't want that 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 trajectory to keep continuing. And so, man, Champions League is so vital again for these two clubs, and it's and it's everything for them. It and it costs more, Joe. Let, let's let's. Let's talk about that. Did you know that the Champions League qualification, like getting third place or fourth place, gets you more money than winning the FA Cup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we did. Um, we did an episode on this. We did. In depth. Yeah, how much it goes into. So I do. I do have some knowledge on that. But it's yeah. It, it really comes down to it. Um, the way you can finesse uh, some of your books, where you can you know attribute that that uh, reward money towards players' wages, which can free up other aspects of the club to maybe bring in new players. The TV deals, uh, up, yeah, or upgrade the facilities. I mean, it's extra money in your pocket. There's not a team in the world that doesn't want that. Um, so it's huge. And I think in the Premier League, like you're saying, Ben, it really comes down um, to that placement, that finishing. But on top of that, it's the Champions League. I mean. Arsenal have been dying to get back into this competition um, for a while now. And Tottenham, too, has always been on the cusp of being in and being out, being in. Uh, but with the appointment of Conte, um, I think their expectations had changed that we need to finish top four. And, of course, for Arsenal and Arteta, uh, without having any other competitions in Europe this season, the focus was solely on the Premier League to get top four. They let Aubameyang go, who's scoring goals at will in La Liga. Um, so it's really it's it, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Arteta if they don't make it because then you can't say he's going to have a lot of criticism. But if they do squeak through in top four, now we get to see him do his tactics against some of the best teams in the world. So next season is going to be huge for both of these clubs, and the script yeah. is just going to keep being written. Man, it's going to be incredible, uh, incredible outcome for these two clubs. So I I was up early this morning watching the Burnley. Surprise! Uh, surprise! Spurs game. I mean, I'm a. I'm a... What time Dylan wake you up, Ben? What time <laughs> yeah, you wake I'm, up? A, I'm not an early bird. Okay, I'm an early bird by nature. It's just this stuff happens to me. So I'm up. I'm like, okay, let me let me peep this out. Let's see. Uh, let's see how much our uh, Tottenham are up, dude. They struggled today. Okay, they struggled. So Tot- yeah. Tottenham barely won one zero, and I mean, like they were nervous. Like the, they they got lucky with a penalty call. And then um, Pope made some amazing saves for Burnley to keep them in the game. And then uh, they hit the post. Burnley hit the post, and they were threatening. Dude, at the last few minutes, last last seven minutes of the game, you could see Conte like getting kind of uh, like super anxious. You know how he is, how animated yeah. he is on the touchline. Yeah, dude, he was like lifting the crowd, saying like, "Come on, come on," because he was pissed on how like quiet they were and like how nervous everybody was in the stadium. So, man. <laughs> Yeah, and let me remind you, Burnley's in 18th place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? this, this this just goes to show you that anything could happen no matter yeah. what's at stake. Even them, even for you know, guys for them. The the big game that's that's gonna be I mean, by the time you're listening, the game's probably maybe already over with uh Newcastle versus Arsenal. That's that's uh that's we're recording on Sunday, it's gonna be already probably played uh by the time you listen to this. But like Newcastle too, even if they're I think they're like in thirteenth, fourteenth or something. 
But even just jumping up a couple places, a win for them is so important because, uh, again, it gets you money. Like two, three places up in the table can give you like 15 million. And that's a yeah. transfer. That's a transfer and that's wages for other people. So, dude, man. They, yeah. And it's the last home game of the season, Joe, for them. It's huge. And with Newcastle, I just want to point out too that Arsenal's always had like kind of like a finicky relationship with Newcastle. Being, I can remember them being 3-0 up and them scoring just an incredible comeback for Newcastle. So oh. it, and Newcastle is a different team these days. Honestly, they're a difficult team to play against. Yep. Um, so really, Arsenal has a really difficult task against Newcastle. Are they capable of winning? Yes. I mm-hmm. think if, if they show up that day and they're focused, I fully expect them to win. But Newcastle is no pushover. Just like Ben was mentioning with Tottenham, playing against Burnley, Burnley's fighting for their lives. You know, that's a difficult game. Um, it, it it's very similar for Newcastle. Home, last home game of the season, these players want to stick around. When Newcastle has a budget the way they do, all these players are going to be on the line because they can cycle in new players at will. Yes. So they're going to come out and try to give their best performance um, so that they get re-signed for the following year and that they're a part of the, the fixtures, uh, future fixtures. So it's going to be really – dude, none of, these, none of these teams have easy games. Um, so it's just it's, – it's insane, bro. And um, it's just insane, bro. Here, here's, here's a stat. <laughs> here's a stat too is that – Newcastle at home, they have not they the two teams that they have lost to, they've only lost to two teams in this uh calendar year in the Premier League, and that's to Liverpool and Man City. Wow. That that's a they've they've really turned it around with uh with Eddie Howe yeah. and how they're playing and their new transfers and the January transfer, man, it worked for them. Bruno. It's, it's been working. Bruno and St. Maximum, they're great players. But yes, it is in Arsenal's hands. Their destiny is in their control. And that's <sighs> that's exactly what you want if you're Arsenal. But at the same yeah. time, dudes, if it comes down to the last day, they're gonna have to play uh, Everton. Everton at home. Not an easy game. Because they're, I mean, they could be fighting for survival. It's it's a team that's fighting for survival versus a team that's like fear of missing out. And those two, man, that 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 conflict is so dramatic. <laughs> so yeah. much could happen. Same thing with, I mean, so uh, on the other hand, you have Spurs who are gonna play Norwich. Um, Spurs will be away. But Norwich already relegated. They're though, you know, I'm not sure if it's more of just about pride for Norwich. They're they're sure. they're already thinking about going to Ibiza, you know, the next next weekend. So it might be tough <laughs> <laughs> for them to pull off anything. But uh, but yeah, man, nervy, nervy, nervy finish for for them. Um, anything else you want to say on top four hopes before we get into uh, either Man U yeah. or or uh, or Man City Liverpool? What do you? Yeah, I just think, um, too, Chelsea's kind of had an indifferent season, too, for them. Oh, yeah, had, FA Cup, dude. Yeah, so Chelsea lost in the FA Cup, which uh, if you watch the game, both teams look look pretty fatigued. Mm. Uh, but they both had chances, honestly, to make it kind of a, a different type of scoreline. Um, mm. itch, I was a little bit disappointed with, um, only because he had a couple really good chances. He that did, he, man. He could normally finish so I'm a little frustrated with that, and uh, but I have to say, like the drama with Lukaku, and I mentioned this before with Tuchel when he was at PSG, is that they always have an issue uh, incorporating these these strikers in uh, of late. Um, it's not necessarily their ego; it's just that you called that, bro. I called it, bro. I called it. Um, but it's really difficult. It's, it, they've created such a. Not, I'm not going to say it's a toxic atmosphere at Chelsea, but you know there was a a, t- a point in time in that game where you could have brought on Werner. Um uh-huh. and he looked like the best option, but he you know he, he ended up not playing that game. Yeah, that was weird. And, and then they and they started Lukaku, so they're in this situation where they don't know. They're kind of picking like, okay, who's going to be our best option for this week? But it's just 
Chelsea has a problem finding a striker right now, and it, it it's really it only happens to Chelsea. Like it, this only happens to Chelsea. I think Diego Costa maybe I was, was their last. Say yeah, Diego Costa was the last one. Like, last really good striker, and but they did have an opportunity with Tammy Abraham, who's oh, really thriving, thriving in <laughs> Roma, which differently joked yeah. about. Yeah, we joked about this. We're like mm-hmm. Chelsea's going to buy him back in two years. <laughs> so like, um, so it, there's something there's something more going on at Chelsea, and uh, with their new ownership, I believe yeah. it's American owners. Um, they're going to be a team that's going to be really interesting to see next season because they're going to get top four. That's a hundred percent. They're going to be in the champions league. Um, they're going to be a, a dominant team, but you're also in a, a position with Chelsea too, where Conte is starting to show his age a little bit. Rudiger is now leaving. So let's look at that back line. Christensen's on the way out to Barcelona free agent. Christensen's out. So now you I, have a very I, I, old as well, potential and Alonso. And well. Alonso, and then so you have Silva now, who's a really like for his age, he's been incredible. I mean, take the age out of it, he's been incredible. But um, that's going to be an interesting club that might have a difficult season next year, depending on if the new owners spend. But they're going to need to bring in um, some new players just because they're they're pretty stretched, Ben. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long season for them. They played so many games, man, with the Champions yeah. League winning that, and then they had to do the the, the club uh, championship tour or whatever. That 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 tournament is, and then yeah, they had so many. They were in so many. They they were in the final, uh, losing to to Liverpool twice. Yeah, uh, in pens, which was insane. Which I really thought Chelsea were going to win that. I did After too. Mendy made that save. I was like against Mane. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. the five. So yeah, just um, keep your eye on Chelsea. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do this summer, mm-hmm. and then next year, kind of what their expectations are because um, it's kind of up in the air right now. Dude, totally, totally. They need. Uh, they they're definitely gonna be looking for. Dude, I feel like everybody needs a new striker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strikers are 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 really hard to find right now. Yeah, um, they need time. They need time. Yeah. No. So let's talk about this too, Ben. Before we jump out, how do you think Holland's gonna do at Manchester City? I think this is a really interesting dynamic between him and, and Pep. I really think this is gonna be interesting to how this plays out. Uh, I mean, the the good thing about Holland is that he's young still. You know, like he's yeah. he's. I think he can mold into what Pep Guardiola wants him to do and that he'll I think he's willing to listen because he seems like a true professional in, in, in how he conducted himself at, at Dortmund like he never really caused any problems and, uh, and so I, I, I think I, I do see a little bit of Ibra in him in terms of like his personality though uh-huh. like he has that like kind of like uh, you know I, I, he wants to be the man yeah, definitely. And so if you, yeah, and Pep wants to play a certain type of football, certain type of way. So in terms of like build up pressure, can he do that? How is his first touch? You know, he's definitely going to score loads of goals, bro. If if uh, if he just needs to stand there, like anybody, you know. So I, I, I don't. I think it. I think he's is going to be a monster. I I honestly don't see this turning out badly at all. Um, that's that's just kind of my my feeling. I feel like he's been made to play in the Premier League. Uh, and this is going to be haunting for for a lot of other Premier League teams. But there is to say that that Pep has not had good relationships with other forwards. Uh, come to think of uh, Ibrahimovic and uh, Samuel Eto'o, those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, yeah. So honestly, if you're looking at this from the outside, you would think he's going to come in and score 30 goals, 100. percent But Pep is really interesting um, with the way he has his teams play football. I've read this really interesting article about Grealish, mm. where uh, when he was on um, Aston Villa, where he was given room to take on players, take more touches, mm-hmm. and they were saying some of the reasons he's struggling now with Man City is he's been asked to play 
a completely different game than he's used to, and that's not hold on to the ball as long as he has been. So he's in a situation where he's thinking twice about what he's going to do when he receives the ball. Oh, I need to pass it back instead of taking on players. Yeah, and they say, yeah, they're saying that some of the reason is that he's trying to adapt to this different style of play. Now, I'm not saying Holland is a player that that takes the ball and, and likes to dribble and take on players. Um, but he does, that is a part of his game too. And I think in Dortmund, you're kind of given a lot of freedom to express yourself. Yeah, a lot more space um, too. It's a lot more counterattacking. A lot more kind of, Bundesliga is a very open gameplay, which fits Holland's type of like style of play. And I will say with Man City is most times teams tend to sit back. Mm. Um, so it's going to be, I just want to say it, it's really, if, if, if Holland's going to be a success at Manchester City, it's going to come down to what Pep is willing, how much room he's willing to give mm. uh, Holland to explore this. Because he, dude, if you remember the relationship with Aguero and Pep towards the end of it, yeah. it, it kind of soured. Um, so I just, I, I just think it's interesting how he's going to, how he's going to react um, to Holland. I, I do think Holland's going to be a huge success at Manchester City, but <laughs> there might be some bumps in the road before we see him really flourish. So it's going to be interesting. And then another year of Champions League hopes. <laughs> yeah, another yeah, another year of Champions League hopes. And uh, Ben, you and I were talking about this uh, a little bit before how kind of like uh, disgruntled Pep has been with the media. You could tell, uh, you know, this defeat really affected <laughs> his ego a lot. <laughs> uh, he's, he's been going off a little bit. He, he's getting criticism and he deserves to get it, honestly. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> Adiola, he's back. <laughs> I look am, at the budget. Look at the budget they spent, bro. Yeah, no, he can bring in any player he wants. Exactly. And <laughs> dude, I, th- I think it's funny to um, to see him this way because usually he's more of like you know sarcastic and he kind of like knows how to play with the media a little bit more. But um, he still does that, but definitely a little bit more anger tone and a little bit more like more than you believe, you know. Yeah. More than you believe. <laughs> it's like, it's just um, yeah, so, it's not working, bro, and it hasn't worked since he's left Barcelona. He was unsuccessful uh, with Bayern Munich. So if they could bring in Holland, I, I will say this: if they if they don't win the Champions League again um, next year, mm-hmm. I think he's gone. I think he's. I think they they part ways. Dude, yeah, that, I mean that's like the final straw. Like Man, yeah. Man, Man City, he, he went to them. He was like, okay, you can't give me Messi. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, they have 15 center backs. They have 15 midfielders. <laughs> they finally have a striker. And I guess Jesus is your backup striker now. Like, there's oh, no excuse. Poor, poor Jesus, man. He was like, man, I'm just balling out now. <laughs> yeah. All right, send me to Arsenal. <laughs> well, dude, then that's a that is so weird with strikers, man. That's what I'm trying to say. Is yeah, yeah. yeah. He he turned Jesus into a winger at one point instead of playing him in, in the striking position. And then big games. I turned Holland into one too. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. And he also – he'll put De Bruyne up there as a false nine instead of using the outright striker. So I think it's going to be interesting because the style of play that they, they go through with Holland. I, I don't know. I feel like Pep – he, he's got to be more open-minded than he has been in the past when it comes into bringing a big striker. He's got to sacrifice some of this beautiful build-up at wing play for some direct play for Holland because Holland is a direct player. You get that ball up to him, to his feet, get him in the box, and, and, and let him do his thing. And traditionally, he hasn't done that. So Dude, we'll see. This is a great point. This is a great point because this is what I learned from uh, from Man City this season and in that, in that Champions League semifinal tie with uh, Real Madrid, which was, uh, I would say hands down the best semifinal I've ever seen. Yeah. Two legs. Like <laughs> it's insane. Action packed, so many goals, free flowing. But with what I learned from Man City, dude, is that they need to dominate the game no matter what. If they don't yeah. dominate the game, they're done. Like their back line and yes. if if they get open spread 
at any moment. Like you can win games like that, no doubt, right? You can possess the shit out of the game and win games like that. But you need to sacrifice maybe a little bit. And that's where that's where you're talking about if Erling Holland comes in. Yes. Dude, you might have to not possess the ball and like like have blocks where you um where you have the space to create it for, for Erling Holland. So that's that's a great point, Joey. In, uh, yeah. in how uh, Erling Haaland and uh, Pep potentially have to both adapt or, or see what what that plays out. 100%. I don't like his quotes. We'll, we'll go into uh, Liverpool and, and Man City now because this rivalry has been kind of, I don't know, man, kind of boring for me because it's just they're, they're both so nice, you know, to each other. They're all so complimentary. They're like, oh, yeah, they're the belt. They're, he's the best manager, you know, club. <laughs> Like, no, that's no. such a good point, dude. No, that's no, such no. a good point. No, 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 no. He's he's the best. He's he's so, so nice. I love the way he plays football. Oh. They give each other hugs at the end, and like both like high five each other. Oh, it pisses me off. Yeah. I want to see some blood. And so like, yeah, man. Yeah, Pep Pep going off on Liverpool, saying that like um like dude like yeah everybody loves Liverpool. That quote where he's like every everybody in the journalists and the media and the whole country loves Liverpool. And uh, that, but they only won, you know, the league uh, once in the past 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Where, and they've won in the past, you know, four out of five years, or it's going to be maybe uh, that. Well, so, my question to you, and I think this is an easy one, but I feel like it's a good one to, to talk about, is that would you rather be, what shows you maybe more success? Let me word it that way. Being consistent in the league, what, or what do you think is also harder? Being consistent in the league, winning four. Uh, league Premier League trophies out of five years, or winning the Champions League. I'll tell you, you can buy the league, but you cannot buy the Champions League. The mm. reason you can buy the league is you can have as much depth wins the Premier League. Yeah, depth wins the Premier League. So he, you can buy the best players. You can rotate your players, which he does brilliantly because he has the talent to do so. The Champions League, that rotation system will not work because it the best of the best has to play, mm. and that's where they run into their issues. Because you make a mistake tactically, you do one substitution wrong, you have one player that has an off game in that semifinal. And you're going to get punished. Um, and so that's where it comes down to. So in my opinion, you know, if you need to win the Champions League to be considered a big club, and they haven't done that yet. Mm. So there's no history backing that. Mm. To win the Premier League is an incredible achievement, but it's also backed by the billions and billions of dollars that you spend every summer or, you know, over the course of multiple multiple years. So, yeah, for me, that, that show it, it, it's much more difficult to win the Champions League. Mm. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> hundred percent, man. And I just want to say this too for Pep. It's not that people love Liverpool and Klopp. People dislike you, bro. Like that's the problem. <laughs> he's given everything, bro. And he's just he's, – he's so arrogant at times. That's what's frustrating with me. And he, I've always been on the opposite side of him. So I'm incredibly biased because at Barcelona he was gifted this incredible youth team, Messi, like, you know, one of the best players of all time. Yep. Um, and he's just, for me, he's too arrogant for what I, sir, I never got this vibe from Sir Alex Ferguson. This guy would tell you how it is. And uh, he was very, same with Arsene Wenger, just likable character. Same with Jurgen Klopp. Pep is like, for me, he's a villain. I just, I just think that some of the, the way he treats the media, the way he goes about things and stuff. But I mean, again, I'm on the opposite side of Pep. So I don't want to be too negative, but I think the problem is, uh, people just don't like you, man. Oh man. That's so funny. You know what? I, I talked, <laughs> this is a side note. I talked to, um, in my clientele that I work with, right in my in my job, sure. I talked to somebody who was uh, English, right? Uh-huh. From born in England, I think he's also actually no, he's born in Belfast, but raised in England. His parents, I think, are English, 
and anyways, he went to school in Manchester and he said that uh, he was like, he, told, he was like, first of all, he asked me, he was like, please don't be a United fan. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> he was like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, no, he was a really lovely dude, man. He was awesome to talk to. And uh, he was telling me about how uh, the city, man, he was like, yeah, man, they're the, they're the working class club in there. And they were seen as that, like everybody loved um, United, and then how, how, um, where they come from, and so I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. So I was like talking to him and like seeing that like there are actual people who are you know in Manchester, like for those people, like when I see them play, yeah, and see the, like the actual home fans, not the fake ones that they that they uh, the loud the <laughs> fake, the fake noises and stuff that they put in the stadiums. <laughs> but for them, that's got to be pretty cool. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Um, yeah, he's got a lot to do, bro. He's got a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess, yeah, Ben. I guess that brings us um, to Manchester United. That's probably a pretty good segue to the other Manchester club. Ugh, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it is what it is at this point. I, I don't think anyone's been surprised at the recent results. I think. Um, you know, if you ever listen to Gary Neville, he has something to say about, you know, everything that United does. But uh, but I think, you know, just what I want to focus on, not so much the results, the past, is kind of where does the club go from here? Yeah. Um, the appointment of the new manager and kind of your expectations for next season, really. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, the goal of the season, I think the entire season after, uh, you know, firing Ollie and getting Ragnick was – to get top four, and that failed miserably with uh, right. with with Ragnick coming in, and I think what showed with Ragnick now is the need of a new manager and identity, like the identity that they've been trying to find for years. Man, I think the culmination of nine years being led by by uh, being the club being run by an accountant, yeah, Ed Woodward just shows you like the money that they spent. They spent they've oh, they almost oh, I think they have overspent. Man City in the nine years, and look what they got them. You know, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> barely nothing. They won uh, some trophies with with Mourinho and uh, Van Hall and, and Perseve. So, I mean, it's it's been abysmal. And the main thing I think they they're looking for is an identity and a manager that can give us that. And that's where Eric Ten Hag comes in, and a clear picture. Like you, you can close your eyes and see what Ten Hag is doing. And I think that's what needs to happen when you when you think about a club. Like you can close your eyes. And see how Arsenal are going to play. You know, you can close your eyes. You can see how Real Madrid are going to play. You can close your eyes and see. You know, all these top teams. You can close your eyes and see how Man City. You know how Real Liverpool are going to play. You have no idea, like what Man U are going to play like. Like so true. Past five years, it's been a mixture of like four coaches of the players. So and so, there's a complete wipeout. There's a there's a so many contracts ending for the club. There's a rebuild happening on the rebuild because their last rebuild wasn't made properly. And so the clear identity with a new manager comes in. Now, the the signings that they do, if they do get over the line before preseason is such a importance because they need to get players out and the players in to get them ready for the next season. Preseason is so crucial, man, into getting like, uh, you know, just the, the, the cleats on, on, the, on the ground, man, and getting the tactics sorted out. And get ready for the for the next season because they two or three bad results and um and you know how media is against Man United you know it's mm-hmm. expectations are sky high for the club and uh, expectations for a manager in in um because there is a little bit of PR when you talk about what a Man United 
manager has to be, and it has to be able to deal with the pressure. You know, that command, like you were talking about, Joey, that Ragnick didn't have. Yeah. You called out too. You were spot on about that. That needs to happen uh, from the start. Because if you look, uh, if you looked at what happened to Solskjaer, Solskjaer was, was very, um, very awkward, you know, in the media presence in the beginning. Mm -hmm. He got better as it went on, but I think because he was awkward in the beginning, the media just pounced on him, bro. Yeah. And the media just pounced on him. And so that'll happen if, if, um, if, if Ten Hag comes out and he's, he just maybe appeases to what people want to listen to, um, it might not work. So I think he needs to be smart. I think, um, I, I hope <laughs> yeah. he's got like a, a, like a PR team working with him. I hope, he, I know he knows English, but it's not, uh, that's not going to be the huge issue, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, 100%. So um, I think <laughs> wherever they, they end up, whether it's, it would be hilarious if, uh, if West Ham leapfrog them and, um, and man, man, you get the conference league. Uh, that would be super sad. I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing. Just because, yeah. okay, you've won Europa with uh, Jose Mourinho. It didn't really change anything in terms of winning that trophy. It only becomes a trophy that you can't lose, right? So, if, you know, you're traveling on away games and then you end up not winning Europa. It's more so like an embarrassment. Yeah. Um, to get the Conference League, yes, you're playing teams that are less well-known, uh, decent clubs nonetheless. Um, I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing because it might give you more opportunity to focus on the Premier League and maybe uh, be able to put some of your squad players into the Conference League games, uh, which which is not necessarily, like I said, a bad thing for a rebuild yeah. um, to take place at United. It, it, let's say United in this current state somehow would achieve top four. I think if everything remained the same, oh, so I true. think we got smacked around in Europe. You know what I mean? Oh, true. Um, yeah. So it gives you time, and you need time um, to build, like you're saying, that identity, those tactics, the way he wants to play football. I will say this about Ajax. Uh, what an incredible club uh, and what an incredible like style of play and achievement that they have um, in the Netherlands. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to Man United, um, just something different. I think what's nice about this too and what I hope happens is he brings in his own coaching staff where he kind of just – cleans house to for behind the thing uh, scenes i think that needs to happen at united there's too many people there um that have their own ideas i think he just needs to clean house and just handle it the way he sees fit and i think for the first time i think even you know the upper management sees that there is a problem there and i think they really are going to give him the reins whereas with ole he had this huge entourage around him at all times um, which I think was a part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see. I one thing for me, I think everyone can agree on. At least most people will agree that Ronaldo wasn't the problem uh, in this team, and that he's such a professional. And I think too now more than ever, like uh, he's willing to be a team player uh, in terms of you know when Ragnar came in. I saw him sprint more than I've ever seen. Yes, bro. Um, yeah. So he's willing to change his style of play to however the manager wants him to play. Yeah. Um, he just wants to play and score goals. And I think I think that was one of the bright spots of this season, is, and especially for the fan base, to see Ronaldo do so well. Yeah. Um, I think with Pogba, um, you know, it doesn't always work out. Um, there's always, whether it be personality, whether it be like a certain comfort level, it's kind of good that I think that he's going to move on and we're going to see maybe a different core in that midfield uh, for United. And I just, I'm, I really look forward to seeing the rebuild um, that's going to take place. And, um, you know, the media, 
you know, Man United got some big results in Europe too. Like Villarreal went all the way to the semifinals, beat Bayern Munich, and, and United did really well with that team. But the way it was phrased in the media at that time was, dude, we can't even beat Villarreal. Hmm. Um, so it's just really to, like been the toxicity from the media is always going to be a big factor with Man United, in part because of the success that you've had uh, in the past. So yeah, it's huge, man. It's huge. But I just think, I just think this next season is going to be really interesting with Chelsea kind of going through a rebuild, Arsenal, Tottenham, both kind of like very similar with their expectations too. There's going to be a lot of room, I think, especially next year in that top four to, to make a big, big splash. Um, maybe this might be a good time, Ben, to talk about maybe the free agencies, like what players that you would want to bring in, um, oh, yeah. you know, for that club, you know? Yeah. Let me get my uh, free agency list up here. Yeah, dude. Uh, great points on what you're saying. I think uh, the free I, there's so many players leaving for Man U. There's, I think, uh, I'd say at least six, but definitely like maybe eight, definitely leaving. So Pog, yeah, Pogba is definitely, I'd say, almost on the way out, and he's like, I think, ninety percent sure that, that he's going. I think he's going to PSG. That's the rumor, right? That's that's the main rumor that uh, yeah. I, I think uh, Juventus might come in there too with the. With the late requests, but um, so you want? Do you want to play this game, or should I list off transfers or free agents? How do you? How do you want to do this? Yeah, however you want to do it, brother. I mean, yeah. we could just talk about some of the players and, and where they want to go, or kind of like who our dream signings would be, whichever. I say let's do this. Let's uh, let's go over some free agents and see okay. where you think they should end up. Like if you were their free, oh, agent, I like this. If you were their free agent, what would you tell them to do? And I think these are names that I don't have a destination yet. Okay. And I think this will be uh, this will be good to kind of talk about that. In um, maybe yeah, some of your t- okay. They all can't go to Real Madrid, Joe. <laughs> I was gonna say, why not? <laughs> We're not spending on Mbappe, you know. He's coming for free. <laughs> Do it. Wait, actually, let's start there for a second because uh, okay, I heard that they were gonna off PSG were gonna offer him like a two year contract, and then, like his dad came out saying that like he, there was rumors that he accepted, and his dad came out and was like, no, like there's he's not made up his mind yet. Like, um, yeah, I, I'm start. I started to get a little worried when I read that, Joe. Did you? I think. I am worried too. The other thing I'm worried about, he's sponsored by Nike and Real Madrid is notoriously Adidas. Shit. <laughs> um, so there's another obstacle there too, which I read could be an issue. But um, ultimately, I think it comes down to this. I think that PSG uh, is, you know, France is his home. And I think he's at an age where he wants to take on a different challenge and branch out from, we all leave home at some point. Um, so I think Madrid is his dream club. Like he said that before he's been pictured at a very young age in a Real Madrid jersey. At some point, I'm confident he's coming to Real Madrid. Um, this point. summer, this summer, especially with our Champions League run, the, the way that we played against PSG, um, you know, he got to experience some of that uh, Bernabeu atmosphere. And as a player, who wouldn't want to play there? And, you know, such a beautiful stadium. Talking about 90,000 fans. And keep in mind, too, when he was at the stadium, it was and partly renovated, so it gets mm-hmm. even louder than that. I think just him experiencing that is going to be enough to bring him in this summer. Mm-hmm. The only obstacle to that, the only reason I see if he doesn't sign for Real Madrid is for money, and that's more of his agency group, his dad saying, "Okay, they're going to pay us fifty million to stay here for two years. Let's 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 you know go ahead and sign that and put that money in the bank account. Then we can move." Yeah, you know he is a young player, so I think the only draw is not going to be his decision. It's going to be maybe for a business decision. Mm. Um, but I, I would I think I would really be surprised if he doesn't come. 
Um, yeah. But we'll see, man. We'll see. So PSG, there are obstacles there, but I think I think he'll come in. I think PSG are gonna look. Looks like they're gonna be like trying everything, throwing even like the French president is gonna even go into yeah. this thing, man. That's it's crazy how it's gone like political now. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. But hey, I will say this: Ronaldo was also sponsored by Nike, and he played for. Uh, Real Madrid, same obstacle. So, I mean, that's that's the caliber of transfer this is. We're talking about Mbappe coming in and, and scoring 500 goals for the next eight years for Madrid. You know, <laughs> just breaking the records. <laughs> um, I got, I yeah. got, I got three for you, Joe. I got three okay. good ones. Uh, shining light of the season, I think of of the since the January transfer market came in, Christian Eriksen, bro, for Brentford. What a pickup for Brentford, yeah. man. So seeing where he came from, you know, like almost losing his life. And now coming back, dude, and showing that he still got it, dude. I watched him play. That's amazing against uh, against uh, Chelsea. He scored some goals. He's been so crucial to Brentford. He's a free agent, Joe. So if you're a Premier, wow. if you're a Premier League club, or uh, would would you, if if you're his agent, would you be looking um, for him to to get playing time versus uh, or like staying at Brentford, or would you look for him to like, you know, go for it? He's like 31, I think. The World Cup's coming up. I would 100%. Yeah, I would. So for what you had just mentioned, I would encourage him to re-sign at Brentford. One, because the impact he's, he's made there is clear. It's not just sentimental reasons that he's playing football. He's 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 a part of these results. So I would encourage him to stay. I think Brentford uh, would be smart to re-sign him just because of the impact he has making. I would caution him from moving to maybe like a uh, the top half of the table type of team only because it's going to be more competitive for minutes, especially at his age. Um, but we've seen we've seen footballers, um, I think, of this generation um, expanding their lifeline for their career um, at like higher ages because of the technology that's there for recovery. Yeah. Um, so I think he has a good, you know, maybe another two, three years, maybe um, where he could play out. But yeah, if he could resign for Brentford, that would be amazing. He should stay put. What a story, bro! What a story! Incredible, man! All right, uh, hey, Ben, did you ever see that uh, that bust up with the North City player and him? Yeah. And then once you realize who it was, yeah. he was like, "Oh shit, man, it's you, bro!" Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, everybody, everybody feels the love. For it him. was a, it was a, it was a Man United uh, loney too. I forgot his name already. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, that he was, like, your, was that the left back or left back? I forgot his name. And yeah, he tagged Brandon something. Brandon, yeah. Saw, no, yes, yo, Williams? Williams. I don't know. Dude, he he tackled him to the ground. Yeah, and he like, and then he like started shoving him. He looked at him. He's like, "Oh my god!" And he like gave him a hug. That was so adorable. Yeah. He's like, shit, man. You're back in football. My bad, bro. Um, yeah, incredible story. Incredible story. All right. Luis Suarez, bro. He's going to be a free agent for Atletico Madrid. Where where would you wow. advise him to go? He's not getting minutes. He wants to play in the he's yeah. got World Cup coming up. That's a difficult one. Luis Suarez, because he is like he has shown he's gotten a lot slower. He's definitely lost a step. Mm-hmm. And he's lost out to Jao Felix, um, mm-hmm. who that's that's kind of their their guy right now um he could play for i maybe like a that's difficult man maybe maybe sevilla maybe fill the role that Mar- since martial is going back to united mm. maybe uh fill the role there because they've always taken on like like players past i would say maybe past their prime or maybe fell out of form um but definitely encourage him to stay in la liga that's who's style of play he, he does well in that league uh-huh. um so i would say yeah maybe like a sevilla-esque type of team that's still in competition still can play good football or in italy um it's him in italy. yeah italy too yeah i mean not really because of his reputation <laughs> Fuck, um, I I don't <laughs> yeah i don't think the italians are too sharp on suarez <laughs> oh how could i forget that man jeez 
Yeah, and by the way, uh, Chiellini, he's this is his last season for Juventus. So oh. He's retiring, man. He's been there for, I think, 18, 19 years, something crazy like that. So Dang. shout out to the legend. Legend. Uh, yeah, I thought I for sure thought you were going to say Austin Villa. He should reunite with um, with Jared. I thought you were going to say that. For Dude, sorry. Ollie Watkins is too good, too good for me, bro. Yeah, he, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Coutinho can still ball, but Suarez, I think he'd find the Premier League really difficult right now. Yeah, he needs minutes for uh, to 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 get in there. He, he a little chunky, bro. Wait a minute, one second. What's up? Is Uruguay in the World Cup? Yeah, they're playing Ghana. Redemption. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay. For some uh, for yeah. reason, I thought they uh, they had to qualify to go through the qualifiers. Okay. Okay, Joe, I think that's a free agent game roundup. And I think that's the pod, my dude. <laughs> Anything else? Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Anything else you want to bring up to the table? Yeah, let's talk about the, maybe the Champions League final real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Just your thoughts leading up to that match. And one of the things that we, you and I have talked about um, off the air is just that, uh, you know, Madrid's kind of just coasting right now until that final, whereas Liverpool yeah. are, are still in multiple competitions. They're fighting for the Premier League. You see that uh, Van Dijk and Salah are both picking up injuries. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this final plays out because, I mean, anybody who saw the FA Cup, Liverpool, outside the first 15 minutes, looked extremely tired for the rest of the game. Yeah. Granted, they were missing their anchor in midfield, Fabinho, but um, I think more and more people are starting to see, whereas before, I mean, even now, Madrid are the underdog in this competition, 100%. We're, we're still the underdog against Liverpool. Um, but I think now you're starting to see a little bit more vulnerability from Liverpool in terms that they're getting tired, um, the way they play their football. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ben, what are your expectations for that final? Are you thinking high scoring? Are you thinking a tight match? Um, you don't have to necessarily say it can go either. It's 50-50. Like, it's, you can't really pick a winner. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts going on into the Champions League final? A couple uh, weeks. Absolute chaos, Joe. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. I, I don't see this being a boring game. Now that I say that, it's going to be yeah. like 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> but I mean it can't be because of like how many how many chances Liverpool creates, you know? Liverpool is Bro, remember that little theory, that thing that I sent you on um... Oh, you should bring that up actually. I want to that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I might play that for you guys real quick. I think that's 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 pretty interesting because dude, they this team just runs off of crack. I feel like they they seriously something is <laughs> yeah. up with this team because they just don't stop, you know? They just don't yeah. stop and um let me see if I can find that for you, Joe. But one of the things, uh, the matchups, what's the main matchup that you're really, really worried about for your team? That I'm worried about? Yeah. Uh, whoever Carver Hall is matching up against. I'm not really worried about Militao. He's, he's gotten some criticism, but he's been very solid. Nacho had an incredible stand-in performance for Alaba. Yeah. Um, but for my back line, I think if you really go back all the way to the PSG games, uh, Carver Hall is a guy that just continuously made mistakes, or you could point the finger at him. I mean, granted, his work rate is amazing. He's been a staple at the club since he's in the youth program, but this is a guy that gives me nightmares every time I see him play. It just seems like he's always like a couple feet off his man if he's scoring a header. Like Kai Havertz beat him for the header. Like mm-hmm. I, he's just a guy that worries me for for that game. So Luis Diaz, I could see really having his way with Carver Hall. Dude. But at the same time, the guy that I think they should be worried about the most, of course, there's Benzema. Who if you give him a sniff, he's going to bury it. But Vinicius, uh, Vinicius Junior should get a lot of space against Trent Alexander Arnold. Mm. 
Um, and Vinny Jr. for me, I said it since like the second pod of the season, Ben is a guy that is just incredible. It's been incredible. He's so much pace. I think you saw that against Manchester City. I want to see have. I want to see him have more moments. I think he's gaining more confidence. Yep. Um, but I want to see him take over the game more on his own. Um, he's very unselfish. He's always looking for Benzema. Uh, but he's a player for me that I think can be a catalyst. But you can say that about Modric. Casemiro is going to shut down, um, you know, most of their attacking play too. So I think it's just they, it's going to be an incredible game, man. They met both teams match up so well. Come on, I think they're coming uh, off the bench still, right? Or oh man, yeah, impact. I think so. I think we'll start with uh, the Casemiro Modric Cruz, mm-hmm. um, and then Kamavinga. Like you said, if things don't go well, maybe we go a goal down. He's a player that you can bring in to change the game too. Rodrigo, nice to have finding, that. Rodrigo finding form. Rodrigo's been incredible. I mean, single-handedly uh, against Man City came on and, and gave us a huge spark. But, I mean, Liverpool has that same talent off the bench, too. That's why I think everybody matches up so well here. Yeah. Um, but I'm very confident in Ancelotti. Of course, I'm confident in Klopp, too, um, to make the right decision. So it's really going to just come down to the day, man. It's just it's going to come down to luck, and yeah. it's going to be an incredible game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. It's going to be a very tight game. I think it's going to be very tight now. I, I like that it's – well – the quadruple could be at stake still for for mm-hmm. Liverpool and for you guys, the um, uh, the trouble the trouble could be could be up yeah. for, for them. Two two worthy worthy opponents, man, for the final. And one of the things that I didn't like from the pundits, I think you mentioned this too, is that dude they they people are I feel like people are a little upset that that Real Madrid got to the got to the final this way. Thank you Ben for bringing this up. Yes. Because they've been comeback kings and they've shown their personality and they showed that at any moment they don't have to be dominating the game, but they any moment in like 10 minutes the game's over because what happens they they snap into different tactics, they change the game and they uh, they they have mentality monsters, bro. And I feel Yeah. That annoys people, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's kind of been um, almost Madrid's mantra: is that like, dude, they'll never give up. They, no matter what, you've seen it happen with Ramos's last-minute headers, Cristiano Ronaldo last-minute, you know, comebacks. That dude, this is this is this is their thing. So if if um, if something like you know ends up going not their way for for Real Madrid in the beginning of the game, dude, you know, you know that they're still in it. And kind, yeah. of, kind of the same thing with Liverpool too. Now they they they've shown that with uh, with Villarreal. Villarreal really scared them in the semifinal, bro. The second, oh, hundred percent, really, really worried them. Like the first half, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> here we go. They were two 0 up. Yes, and so showing Liverpool's personality too with that to to come back from that that was that was key. That was key. Here's, yeah, and here's what I want to say too. Um, and Ben, you tell me if you disagree with this at all, but. There's no doubt that the Premier League is the most competitive league in the world because of the money that the the, the squads that they have, but the style of football that's always been the same yeah. um, is that style of playing La Liga. So if you're watching like a lower league La Liga team, um, the style of play is so unique. It's so uh, like the touches, the style of play, the runs that they make. Whereas the Premier League is all power, and that doesn't necessarily translate. Uh, in a cup competition. Uh, Villarreal beat some big teams. So, yes, the Premier League is the most competitive league in the world, but that doesn't mean when these players play um, that it guarantees a win. Because, if, like, for me, Chelsea plays, like, probably one of the most unique style. I think they're, they're probably the most powerful team in the Premier League, um, whereas they don't really connect a lot of passes, but they're very, like, they have very a lot of skilled players. And I just mm-hmm. think, too, that 
you know, the English pundits, they, they, they tend to overstate how well these teams do in Europe. Whereas like, oh, they're coming for the Premier League. They're used to these type of games. That style of playing the Premier League, and you see it sometimes, at least from Manchester City, where they play very comfortable football. Yeah. I just think it's really hard to duplicate that sometimes in Europe. And sometimes I think yes. people have a tendency to, to overstate that this style of playing the Premier League is just going to dominate in Europe. And that's, that's not what happens. Like Villarreal was one of the teams that kept the ball so well. We saw it against Man United mm-hmm. early on. When you're looking at Kaboon, you're like, Parejo and these guys are picking passes apart and they can get out of tight situations where I think it's like sometimes you'll see like an Everton um, kind of struggle in those tight spaces so um, it's not always comes down to like that league it's that, that style play the tactics there's so much into it but um, I think the pundits tend to run away with that oh they're a Premier League team they should win this game like yeah. you know that's not how it works man because of history and like how I guess like English teams have been um, getting to to semis and stuff in, in the past years. Yeah, there's that there's that bias. But no, you can't count out uh, La Liga's style of play and, and their dominance in the past too. And dude, I, what I like this whole come around to for Ancelotti is that he's been in the Premier League now. You know, yeah. he had that Premier League experience. He knows what Liverpool is going to bring to the table. He knows because he's, he once cited that he's an Evertonian now. I heard that, yeah. <laughs> he, he hates <laughs> Liverpool. And so I think that plays uh, that plays well for for Real Madrid, and you've seen them pressing like crazy too, like animals too. So yeah, do you know what that reminded me of? Ben, when Ancelotti yeah. said that, yeah, it's like he was like uh, sending like a, a text to his ex, like, "Hey, I'm sorry I left you, but I still got love for you." You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he left so abruptly. He did. Like as soon as that Madrid offer was there, he was gone. So he's like, no, no, "No, I'm still." <laughs> yeah, so I think Everton fans would appreciate that maybe a little bit. So yeah, I don't have a prediction, Joey. I just know it's going to be close, 50-50. Yeah, I agree. Maybe. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, you know. Um, I think it's going to be high scoring. Oh, I really do. I, I think it's going to be high scoring too. It's it. Yeah. It's two end product teams that they can. Uh, if Madrid, if you know Benzema and and, and uh, everybody's on their game, and then the same thing with with Mane and Luis Diaz, phew, dude, it's going to be bad. And both teams have incredible history in Europe. Both teams have incredible experience uh, in these type of finals. So I mean, it's just it's it's really set up for a beautiful occasion. Should I play this Liverpool conspiracy theory? I don't want to be all against Liverpool here. I just want to. I think it's, if you don't pay it on this episode, because I know we've talked a lot, uh, maybe we save it for the next one. Just depends. Okay. But I kind of want to go in depth in this too. So that'll give you guys a nice teaser um, yeah, for what okay. we're talking about for next episode. Like you guys got to hear this. Like you have to hear this. And I'm not going to give it away now because I want to tease you a little bit. Ooh, but, okay. Um, okay. Dude, it's you guys got to tune in next episode. It's like Ben found this theory and it's it's really worth kind of talking about because it doesn't make like sense, but it does. For the way that they play it's just so interesting you got to tune in stop provoking because i think it goes yeah. to the sports science of everything and where the thing's going okay all right Jay. <laughs> yes sir yeah yeah that was a great episode great episode i think in the future ben i think uh we're gonna try to aim for recording and releasing on monday is yeah, that right we're back to the sunday yeah. time we used to do this sunday night but we're trying to like sunday morning you know get the coffee in get the breakfast yeah. in, steak and eggs and uh get you guys straight after our results so we'll see how this works out <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah sounds good yeah see you guys in a year all right gents <laughs> <laughs> uh, later. later what all right later boys